My name is L, and I'm a transgender woman talking about travel. I had a dream the other night. It was extremely vivid, and it involved me uh, going on a church-sponsored missions trip to Southern Africa. And in this vivid dream, we were traveling. I was going with a group, and we were going to Malawi. And I was me. I was out. I was trans. Um, and I didn't think about, in the dream, I didn't think about the safety or legality of me going or what it might be like for me to go on this trip until the moment that I was packing clothes. And as I was starting to pack clothes and get ready to go, I started to take things out of the suitcase and decided to like not take jewelry with me and different things. And it became really, really, really stressful. Um, And in the end, I decided that I wouldn't go on the trip. There was the dream. I have like really vivid dreams every night. Um, Some of that may have to do with um, the uh, HRT medication that I'm on. I've heard people say there's certain ones that, you know, cause you to have more vivid dreams. But I've always kind of been a dreamer. (laughs) Um, And uh, you you kind of caught that one there. Um, But, you know, I've always kind of been a dreamer and... um, so I, I haven't noticed a huge difference, although I do dream every night. But but recently I had this dream about going on this trip to Malawi in Southern Africa. And it made me start to think about travel. Um, I've actually been to Malawi um, on one occasion in my life. Um, I've had the immense privilege uh, earlier in my life, especially especially... Uh, prior to having children. So this would be like in my 30s and in my 20s and even in my teens, I had the incredible privilege of getting to travel all over the place. Um, And I don't share that lightly or even with, uh, and honestly, I share it with a little bit of embarrassment because um, I I recognize now at this point in my life how much of a gift it was to have those opportunities. Um, I played in the string orchestra when I was uh, in high school and I got to go on a tour, um, you know, like a vacation, but also a tour. We took our instruments and we played all over Europe um, for several weeks. And um, I've been to Africa on three different trips. They were all with you know, kind of like church mission trip things. I, I kind of, I feel like I never was really that good of a missionary. Um, there was a time though, early on, like one of my first trips to Africa, I really had that sort of evangelistic fervor in me. I was a, a little budding fundamentalist. Um, but, you know, as I grew and later on in college, as I returned on those trips, I felt increasingly um you know, maybe conflicted about being there at all and whether or not it was useful and um, having my own inner critiques about um, 
mission trips. You know, there's this um, a person. I, I kind of think they're trans. I don't. I don't really know, but um, there's this singer um, that's become really popular. Um, I'm trying to think of what they have. Anyway, they have this song <clears throat> called. Um, it's something about Bethlehem. Oh, it's Semler. S-E-M-L-E-R. And for anyone that's like, you know, grew up in kind of like the Christian church world of the 90s, it, it really resonates their their material. But anyway, they have this song um, that is about like growing up in their hometown and blah, blah, blah. And there's this line, you know, the mission trips are scams. They do more harm than good. Um and I can't remember the rest of the song, but it's, you know, like really powerful and really touching. And there, there's some of me that kind of believes in that at this point. But um, in any case, I got to go on three different trips to Africa. I've been to Ghana. I've been to Zambia. I've been to Malawi. I've been to Zimbabwe. Um, it's been really, really, really incredible, honestly. Um, I've been to Europe on a couple of other different trips besides the orchestra trip. I got to spend a summer in Greece studying Greek for my theology degree um, and stayed in this hotel that was right on the beach just outside of Athens and we traveled all over. We spent several weeks traveling with our backpacks after class was over. Um, I got to go on a trip to um, Malaysia and Singapore uh, early when I was um, uh, back, uh, it was before my last, it was before my first child was born, but, um, it was in, it's my most recent trip actually. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to travel a couple of times into Central America. Um, I've been on several cruises, um, and like a lot of these other people paid for, whether it was my dad or my grandparents or, uh, work or whatever it happens to be, um, you know, people gave donations sometimes for me to go on mission trips. Um, like I said, really, really, really incredible. I feel indebted to be able to travel um, in all these different ways. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I have loved so much about traveling and that I, I honestly value the most about traveling and think that it has um, to give, um, in such a powerful way is that, um, traveling offers us an opportunity to get a glimpse into a world that's different than ours. You know, I mean, ultimately the world is very small, you know, in, in, the, in the context of the universe that we live in, in the context of even just our solar system, we're, we're just this little tiny blip and the world itself is small, you know, and, and it's interesting and fascinating to be able to travel and to meet people who are, you know, not very many degrees of separation, whether it be by, um, you know, they knew someone that went to college in your town or their relatives is this is that, like constantly running into people with either shared experiences or shared ancestry or shared living experience or whatever it happens to be. Um, the world is really small and, and, you know, just traveling kind of highlights how we're all human together. Um, and at the same time, traveling also highlights just how diverse we are in the world and how 
easy it is to get sort of um, locked into the worldview that we have and to imagine that the way of life that we live and the culture that we live in and the priorities that we have are the only <coughs> are the only ones that there are. Um, it's just simply not that way at all. Like the the world is so diverse, and whether we're looking at it through the lens of language, or culture, or food, or um, just uh, architecture and um, the the built environment, or uh, the natural world, like the the planet that we live on is so incredibly diverse and. You know, it's really a tragedy, I think, um, for uh, someone to never be exposed to uh, the rest of the world, in, at least in some small way. Um, and, uh, you know, it really, it really blows the mind to get to see that and to experience that. And I, I feel so grateful for it. And, you know, um, I loved... Uh, you know, one of the richest experience that I, experiences that I had was on a trip when I was in Malaysia. And I went as a pastor um, with a bunch of college students, and we worked uh, with different churches. And I spent a bunch of time kind of doing training um, and speaking and preaching with this one church in, uh, in Malaysia in Malaysia in Borno, uh, Borneo. And um, so for like three weeks, I went back with this church community every single day and spent time with the leaders and with the pastor. And one of the things that we did that I will never forget is we ate dinner together on a nightly basis. I was staying in a hotel in town with all the other college students. Well, I was one of the chaperones, um, but I was there with a group of college students. And so we would stay in this hotel, but... I would have dinner with the folks from the church and and people brought food from their own homes and and had a potluck together every night and um I felt like a guest of honor it was amazing and the food was wonderful it was incredible just so varied and um things that I never had eaten before flavors that I never tried and we just sat around and enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed the food together. Um, it was uh, really, really remarkable to sit around that table. Um, it reminds me of, you know, that um, Anthony Bourdain who who passed away in the last few years. He had a, a TV series called Parts Un- Unknown, and he would travel around all over the world and eat food and um sit and talk with people and hear about their lives and their world. And, you know, honestly, I feel like that's some of what I got to do in Malaysia and it's part of what made it so rich. Um, so, so why am I talking about all this, um, as a trans person? Well, like I like to travel. I don't, that's not really an experience that's unique to being trans. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like, the podcast is called Transgender Woman Talking, um, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that the topics all have to be about being transgender, necessarily. That was kind of my original idea, although, so far, they all seem to end up being about being transgender, which is 
fine. Um, but, you know, I like to travel full stop. I like to go on adventures. And, you know, since we have children now, um, and since we live in Southern California, and since we went through the COVID pandemic, and now since uh, one of us in our family is trans, and we're a little bit different looking family, um, it affects how we, you know, how we think about travel. And, you know, um, at the beginning of, of the show, uh, of this episode, I mentioned that um, me getting the opportunity to travel to different places in the world was such an incredible privilege. And, you know, that is absolutely true. It, it is and was a huge privilege. But what I've come to learn, especially through transition, um, is that that privilege wasn't only a financial privilege or, or a class privilege, which it actually, which it definitely was. But, but in addition, it was also a, a cisgender privilege. And it was a heterosexual privilege. See, see, when I went on all those trips, when I traveled in all those places, I did all those things as a white Christian man, a white Christian heterosexual man. That's the role that I was playing. It wasn't my true self, but that's how I presented myself in the world. And there was incredible privilege of that, and uh, in that, and one of the one of the privileges was that was that the only thing I really needed to consider was, as an American citizen, another privilege, as an American citizen, you know, what did I need to do to be able to travel to these different places and to be, you know, like to plan ahead or to be safe or whatever, you know, I mean, even for an American citizen, there are some places in the world where we're either discouraged from traveling to or forbidden to traveling to. But by and large, you know, if you have enough money as an American, gosh, like, you know, the world is, is our sandbox, you know, we can go anywhere we want. Um, and, as a transgender woman, as a woman married to a woman, um, it's not that simple anymore. And I've sort of, I've, I've discovered that, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe I could do a whole episode on this, but like, I've run into many areas in my life where either I knew that I had privilege before, um, but, you know, it never was something, like, it wasn't something that I was losing, it wasn't something that was a threat, so there was an awareness, but then there are also a lot of other areas where I didn't fully realize how much privilege I actually had, and, and when it comes to travel, that's one of those. Um, you know, um, I, I've talked with a number of folks who have sent in emails, uh, to the show, um, who've been distressed by, uh, the conversations. I kind of hate to call it a conversation because they're so awful, but, um, you know, the debates, I don't even know, like it's been honestly like pretty traumatic for me um because it you know like 
hearing ignorant people debate on and then vote on whether or not it's legal for people like me to exist in society, uh, you know, to me, that, like, goes a step beyond surreal, honestly, and it goes to, like, where it feels, um, a, you know, like, a little bit traumatizing. It's, like, pretty horrifying, um, and maybe you feel like I'm being melodramatic about it. I don't really know. If you're trans, you probably don't because maybe you felt the same way yourself, but, you know, as I've been seeing these different laws proposed and different things debated and, um, you know, bans on health care for minors has, has been a really common one, um, or, you know, banned on a ban on gender-related health care for minors. Um, but also, uh, you know, a number of other laws, like um, in Arkansas, for example, um, a law was recently passed that um, made it a crime, you know, an arrestable crime for a trans person to use um, uh, the bathroom associated with their gender as opposed to the bathroom associated with the gender that's associated with their birth sex. Um, and I guess, at least I think part of this is that with the stipulation that if there were children in there, because there's this like completely irrational, unfounded, and profoundly disturbing accusation that trans people are um, somehow preying on children um, and are a threat to children, and that trans women in particular are trying to get into uh, women's bathrooms so that they can assault children, which is horrifying and um, false <laughs> and so disturbing and so much like ridiculous gaslight. Like there's so few trans people. Like why are we spending time making laws on this? Why are we not making laws against predator pastors and Boy Scout leaders and, you know, the Donald Trumps of the world or the Jeffrey Epsteins and the circles that they create. Like, what are we even doing? Um, but nevertheless, laws like that are on the books. And, you know, <clears throat> Arkansas is a state that I have visited before. Um, I visited quite a few times, actually. I've, I've flown into uh, Fayetteville Airport in Northwest Arkansas on numerous occasions. I've visited Branson, Missouri, which is just over the border of Arkansas in the state of Missouri. Um, you know, there's a town there in Northwest Arkansas that that is uh, where my grandparents lived, and essentially until they passed away, like the overwhelming majority of their retirement were lived there. It's my grandmother's hometown. Um, and I don't think I will ever visit that place again. It's like there are places in the world that are off limits to me as a tra trans person. Like, I mean, I, like, there isn't a law that says I can't go there, but like, how, how do I even navigate that space? 
without being just completely on edge all the time, wondering when I'm going to be arrested uh, or accused or whatever. Um, it's really, really frightening. And, you know, it's interesting or tragic or profoundly disturbing is that, you know, there there are other classes of people, actually, in, in this case, about this town and region in particular. I mean, Northwest Arkansas is, is where the headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan is and has been for, for many years. And so th- there's many people who have stayed away from that part of the world uh, because of their uh, skin tone, because of their, the way that they have been placed in a, in a lower caste because of the construction of race as a concept and because of their assignment uh, to uh, the black race and relegated to the bottom of the caste system. There's lots of folks who would not travel to that part of the country for their own safety. And um, in without any doubt, their safety would be of much greater risk than my safety in that place as a white woman. And, you know, that, like, thinking about my relationship to visiting that place in Arkansas, you know, it's something that I routinely have thought about when I visited, about, you know, thinking about my friends who would not feel comfortable visiting this place and how my comfort visiting that place was much lower because of that. And now, um, because of me being honest about who I am, all of a sudden, I find myself in, um, in a, in a, I don't know if similar boat is the best word, but, you know, uh, a boat that's, you know, a cognate or has some similarities, to it is a privilege to be able to travel. My family is going to be visiting another state in the Midwest over the summer to visit with family. Um, and my wife and I made the decision that I'm not going to be going uh, because of uh, laws like the one that I just mentioned. Laws being passed all through the Midwest and the Bible Belt, banning and restricting the existence of trans people in uh, their spaces, in their states. You know, so my kids, who are both um, cisgender white boys, white men, they will... Uh, one day have the privilege that I once had, where they will feel free to go anywhere they want. Um, You know, I I would be curious to hear about some of your um, experiences uh, with travel, especially travel post-transition. You know, I I made a trip up to visit some family up in uh, Idaho, northern Idaho, which is uh, very, very white and quite conservative, Um, and, uh, you know, there are definitely, um, people who are poor there, but at least in the area and the parts, the parts of Idaho, the parts of, uh, that I were in, that I was in, uh, were, you know, quite wealthy. 
quite privileged. There's a lot of folks actually from where I'm living in Southern California that like to move up there because of the tax situation and so on. Um, and because it's gorgeous, it's really pretty and beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, I did not have any problems when I was visiting that state. Um, I'm, I've been watching the passage of laws there very closely um, because I know that I will want to go visit my family up in that part of the country um, and probably will want to go visit them soon. And I'm really scared to see and to hear whether or not it will be safe for me uh, to even go. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I guess I feel really sad at that reality. Um, I don't really know if I have a lot of other words of wisdom for you on it other than it feels tragic and it feels horrible. And I don't know, you know, I've never really had the activist stripe in me. So, so I'm not totally sure if I will be, you know, making my way there and willingly become someone who's arrested and, uh, you know, use that to tell the story because it is horseshit that this is happening. It is an injustice that is happening in a lot of these places. Um, especially like in Arkansas with the bathroom bill. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'll do. And, you know, my impulse is that I have a family and I have a wife and I have people counting on me and, um, that I need to priority, prioritize my own and their safety. And so, at least for this summer, that means not traveling to the great state of Missouri, um, but instead staying home. And, you know, I would be curious to hear about what your experiences are with travel. Like if you are a trans person uh, listening to the program and you've traveled in different places, if you traveled overseas or to different um, segments of you know, the population or the uh, different segments of the United States, what your experiences have been as a trans person. Um, you know, I'm in Southern California and um, I feel incredibly safe where I'm at. I feel seen and respected. Um, you know, I went uh, into town today with my son. We were both homesick today. It's why the video is so late uh, in the day coming out. But um, I went into town, I went to a doctor's appointment, took him with me, and, you know, I was mammed or missed three or four times. Um, I can't really remember the last time a stranger misgendered me. Um, you know, on occasion, I feel like people stare, um, but it's not very often that it's, like, aggressive or where it feels uh, dangerous or it feels like there's going to be a problem. And a lot of times there's a stare followed by what feels like a pretty genuine smile. Um, but I, I haven't had problems. And I live in a state that's declared itself to be, you know, like a, a sanctuary for trans people. And, and we, you know, we passed a law last year, or the year before that, that anybody coming here for trans related 
um, health care that that our state would not uh, share those records with any other state. If you know if the, if like Texas made an inquiry about whether so and so, you know, came and uh, got treatment that that California would refuse to share that information, which is like hell yeah, I want to live here. But I don't know what it's like everywhere else. Uh, and maybe you do. Maybe you could help inform us. Um, you know, as I was kind of putting together this episode and kind of adding my thoughts together, um, I thought about, like, you know, on travel.gov, there's actually a whole section for LGBTQ people and different advice for different countries and different states uh, about, um, you know, what should be considered safe or not. And that's, you know, for the whole span of us, not just trans people, but anybody who identifies as LGBTQ. But one of the things that stuck out on that website was the the bit of advice that, you know, like if you go to a resort setting somewhere, that it might feel really safe and protected in that little space, but that outside of that, in the surrounding city or in the surrounding state or what have you, that it may not be as protected. It may not be as okay. And to not let that sense of acceptance um, inside the resort to sort of lull you into a false sense of privacy or to a false sense of security. And, you know, honestly, um, I, I feel that a little bit about California, you know, like I don't, I don't want to be lulled into a false sense of confidence when I'm traveling. But at the same time, um, you know, I also feel like, um, you know, when you travel, you take a risk. When you drive in the car, you take a risk. When you fly in the in the plane, you take a risk. When you walk down the street in New York City, you take a risk of, you know, getting pickpocketed or mugged or something. Uh, when you travel anywhere, you take you you run the risk of driving down the wrong street or, or whatever it happens to be. There's risks involved, and there are additional risks um, potentially for or almost for certain for people who, um, you know, identify as transgender, not unlike there are risks for people who have other, you know, intersecting identities, you know, like if you're, uh, like I mentioned about, you know, black folks um, that I've, I've talked with about uh, feeling uncomfortable by, about traveling through Northwest Arkansas, for example, Um, you know, uh, some of us have, I suppose, greater risks, but like, you know, I do think that it's sort of a misnomer to sort of imagine that like, there are some travel, there's some travel out there, there are some trips out there where there's no risk involved whatsoever, and you'll be perfectly safe no matter what, like, you know, part of traveling, part of adventuring is taking the risk, um, and so there might be some of my listeners here who kind of are rolling their their eyes at this whole thing, and maybe even rolling their eyes and saying, oh, gosh, what a privileged broad to yammer on for 30 minutes about how, you know, her ability to travel has been impacted by transition. That's ridiculous. 
you know, and your your criticism would, you know, honestly probably be well taken. You know, I I I get it. I understand. So I, I would be I would be curious to hear from those of you who who travel anyway, who you know, like me, are are non-passing trans people who are big, tall, six foot one, like me, large framed, late late in life transition who, you know, go out and travel the world. What What's your experience been like? Has it been hard? Have you been accosted? Have you felt in danger? Have you been in a place where it was illegal to pee in the bathroom uh, that fits your gender? Like, what's it been like for you? Um, it's been great talking with you again. Um, we're we're kind of here at the end of the program for the night. And I apologize that it's that it's coming out so late in the day, um, but I will continue to get them out. Um, like I said, I was home with a sick child all day, and I myself have not been feeling well either. Um, so I, I beg your your mercy on that. But it's great to spend the time with you. And uh, thanks as always for listening, for rating and reviewing. Um, for sharing the show. I know a lot of my listeners are closeted, so, you know, no pressure on that front. But if, you know, if you're out and proud, uh, it's it's uh, always uh, greatly appreciated if you share uh, the program and um, just an honor to, uh, to be with you. And, you know, travel on. I'm looking forward to hearing your stories. Um, my name is L, and I'm a transgender woman talking about travel.